Hello and welcome to the Coast Football Ramble podcast, proudly supported by Sideline Sports Grill at Erina. This week we talk to our number 10, Daniel De Silva, discuss the Western Sydney away day and look forward to the Perth game. I'm Jimmy and I'm joined by Luke, Josh and Morrow. How are you guys? What's up? Good, good. Well indeedy. Alright, time for the walkout song. Love a bit of Queen. Oh, he's got it. How can I not? It's an easy one. Um, can I guess that it's trying to escape Spotless Alive? <laughs> no. Okay. It's we didn't wear colours this time, so it wasn't as no. difficult. I, I wasn't my scarf off. I wasn't there, but caged at Western Sydney. No, it's not to do with us actually. Ooh. I was going to say um, Hull trying to get away from Rue and passing him the ball. <laughs> it's got to do with some neighbours that we don't like. There's a hint up they, on the screen. They want to break free from the poor crowd so they uh, give away free tickets. Exactly, yes. <laughs> That's it. Jets gave away, well, what, from what I saw, 6,500 tickets. Free tickets. And they got a crowd of... Fox is saying 16, but Jets are saying 14, 3 or something. I was about to say that. Fox put up 16 something and then the Jets reckon it's 14, 8. Yeah. I was like, well, what was it? Okay, well, let's just say it is a 14, 8. Um, you take out that 6,500. Is that a good enough crowd for them? Well, from, from the base, after demolishing us round one, uh, you would say no. But based on the last... Three seasons, probably not too bad. Around eight thousand or something. Paying. Yeah, they've started the people. season well, but as soon as they lose a couple, then those people with free tickets <clears throat> won't probably come back. But you mm. can't blame them from trying to capitalise on that opportunity, and uh, yeah. it's a good, you know, method to do that. But you have to sell it for what it is. You can't sell it as being a great crowd because I, we gave six and a half thousand tickets away. Yes, it's, exactly. It's, there's no. nothing wrong with giving away free tickets, but that I, amount. I think there well, is. I think there is. I think a few free tickets, like, I don't know, 500 maybe free tickets to people that might need them, but to give away 6,500. You shit on your season ticket holders. Yeah. You do, but you don't. The core fans that pay pay for their membership every season. But don't you think that if you can get, you know, a conversion on those, maybe 20% or something like that, that the... They go out and buy a membership. Yeah, all the other fans benefit by having a better atmosphere in the stadium. So I can see what they're trying to do, but I didn't like it being sold as such a brilliant crowd because really it was a renter crowd. Yeah. Yeah. There's nothing wrong There's nothing wrong with giving out a sample to see what people think, but the real test will be their next time game to see what they get and how many of those convert to full members because that's the only way to judge that to see if it works or not there's been a few porkies though on the crowd uh, numbers this year hasn't there yeah yeah especially Sydney's game last night yep there's no way there was that many there very low crowd we'll talk about this now I guess very low crowds um, that this season that Sunday that Sunday 7pm game is good for the players and good for TV, but it's a massive crowd killer for sure. I think I, I must be the only one that loves the 7pm Sunday. Oh, I'm with you on that, mate. I don't love it, but I think it's good. It's better than 3pm. Yeah, you know, I definitely get the argument from the family point of view, but, I mean, it's either you kick off... Maybe maybe they should make it 6 and not maybe 7, but it's either you, you kick off the a bit later. But then that puts back the early yeah, game. Yeah, it does. But it's either you kick off a little bit later and you don't die in the sun... Or you put up with staying up a little bit later and the kids are up a bit later and whatever. Not but everyone it's, seems it's better to, for everyone, I think. Yeah, not everyone seems to understand what you're saying there, though, that it's to do with the heat, that there's been problems with heat, and yeah. uh, especially in Perth. And so, you know, they're trying to avoid that heat. So I get that. Um, I think it's been written that the AFL proved that Sunday nights are a bit of a d- disaster for viewer numbers and crowd numbers. Um, but... Um, but yeah, you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't. Mm, I think the Melbourne Derby crowd was the third lowest, I think, ever. Yeah. 
It was really low. That wasn't really good, and no. the atmosphere was pretty average. Because More seagulls than fans. There was. The <laughs> seagull thing, it's, it's yeah. actually really an issue. It's but ridiculous, isn't it? It's yeah. an issue. The, the yeah. way that they just invade the pitch, it's... And how, how a licensed club didn't, like, make, like, didn't create their club as the seagulls, I do not know. They Why didn't someone capitalise on that? Man City's logo just should have been a big seagull. Brighton, yeah, remember, Albion. Remember the, the FFA Cup final last season with the ball hitting the yeah. Seagull and Danny doing it, taking it off? They should just rename the club like the Melbourne Seagulls or something. Mm. Even our game, there was only, what, 11-something? And the Wanderers have got 17,000 members. Yeah, where's the other 6,000 members? I think the pet memberships. My, my, <laughs> my theory is that a whole bunch of people have become members. They hate Spotless, so they don't go. They only want to become members so when the new stadium is built, they have a membership and they have a seat to hold because yeah. they do automatic renewal. So that's already 18,000 that will have basically a guaranteed membership when the new stadium is built. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Spotless is an atrocious stadium. Yeah, they'll yeah. pay for it for three seasons and probably not go to one game and not care, but when that new ground yeah. comes, they'll have a seat. Anyway, um, Channel 10 showing advertisements during the match. Something that... Um, that sums up free-to-air for you, doesn't it? Yeah. I remember the last time I saw that was Channel 7 broadcasting uh, Oli Roos in the Olympics. That's the last time I remember it, apart from, you know, the the um, LA Galaxy game or whatever they have. So what was it? Like, every sub made, they just take a little ad break? I didn't see it personally, so I don't know. But mm, I think they, they wait until the first substitution, then they have an ad break. I mean, it's weird. I mean, I, I would not have an issue with... Throughout the whole game, have those little tiny banner ads come down the bottom of the screen and stuff like yeah. that. Don't don't cut away from the game just to show an ad. They they still don't get how it works. Oh, yeah. What they're doing, Foxtel? If um, if they're required to show ads during the transmission, they'll sort of just minimise the screen to say. That's like a half thirds. half, isn't it? It's a two thirds. Say up the top yeah. left is where the, where your sport will be. It'll be on mute, picture and then the picture. ads. Yeah, the ads will have the audio. Then like, it's not the best, but it's you know you still get to see what's going on. Commercial cool. TV knows how to do it though. From memory, they did it in the V8 supercars at Bathurst. Yeah, yeah, yeah they so, did, and and they do it quite effectively. So I don't know why we can't do that. I, I don't have a problem with that kind of advertising, but you can't cut away from the game. To be fair, if you think back to when there it was round of 32 and 16 in the FFA Cup, and there were multiple games on the one night. It is most disconcerting when you're trying to watch a match to have three other matches appear on the screen all of a sudden despite what the ball might have gone out for a throw-in in the match you're watching and you have to then be confused about your match interrupted by seeing the eighth goal that Sydney scored against some team in Darwin. It's, it's, <laughs> That's just you being senile. It's, no, it's exactly <laughs> the same as advertising. It's an, just an annoyance that gets in there. It's like seagulls at, uh, at Amy Park. And so you don't want uh, live updates of the other matches? I do want live updates, but I want it done in a better way than that because it just interferes with your ability to watch a live game. Put it on red button or whatever. But red, the red button doesn't exist anymore. Well, it does on my remote. <laughs> <laughs> I'll keep pressing it and nothing's happening. <laughs> what's, what's interesting is even the viewership numbers, like they obviously had the derby, and if you look back at a few of the Friday night games that SPS had, they haven't really improved, even though it's moved over to Channel 10. And it's still on their second channel. Yeah, it's oh, on. I'm not yeah, surprised. it's on their second. It's on yeah. one HD. Yeah, so it's I don't know. It's a bit. It's a bit odd. It needs to be on proper free to air. Might take a little bit of time for people to become aware of that, but mm. I, but we really need this. Um, we really need to be able to get expand our game into the people who don't have Fox. My brother, who's a Foundation member, and so is my nephew, don't and never have had Fox. So mm. think about that. Very hard the away games in what, that right situation. Right now, or? you can think about it now if you want. But um, they usually come to my place because I'm a Fox person. But to have it on any free-to-air channel that's accessible to the masses, this is huge. Even if all, the only person watching is my dad. Hello, dad. Does he listen to this? He does occasionally. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Hi, Aaron's dad. Hope he will. <laughs> What's his name? Johnny. Hi, Johnny. Oh, hi, hi, Jess too. She's a bit sick at the moment. So, hello, Jess. Hi, everyone. Say hi, Jess. You guys are assholes. Oh. <laughs> they, they won't say hi. They won't say goodbye. What's wrong with these guys? Uh, Yellow Army will be at the Central Coast League Sports Bar uh, for the upcoming away match, 7pm Sunday night. So is that going to be our away venue for the season? It is, Josh. Oh, Thank you for bringing wow. that up. They have a I'll new sports bar 
and uh, we're going to try it out. And if there's enough of us, they might even put the game on. <laughs> <laughs> and if there's a lot of us, they might even put the game on all three TVs. <laughs> and if they don't, we'll make an angry Facebook Turn post. Turn the again. volume up as we well. I will um, get uh, that guy that John Hutchinson, that's not actually John Hutchinson, to comment because they were really worried about that last time. There's oh, a guy what? called John Hutchinson. Oh, yeah. But it's not the John Hutchinson. It's another bloke There's also a Mike Charlesworth. Maybe we should drag yeah. him in. Yes, we'll get them both to comment. We'll get Charlesworth to comment. <laughs> yeah, they, they, they seriously got worried about that last time. Did they? Yeah. Because they thought it was him. Yeah. Anyway. Did they not look at the 60-year-old in the profile picture or not? <laughs> uh, we'll also have um, some Bring a Friend for Free tickets. So they work throughout the season apart from the Wanderers game. If you have a membership, you can bring a friend for free. We'll give you a couple of tickets. If uh, We'll also be selling raffle tickets. Uh, the raffle tickets are going towards a signed kit, uh, which we'll draw at New Year's Eve, the current squad. And we'll probably also do a soccer ball, uh, A-League ball, fully signed, and we'll have a membership for next season. That's any membership at all. That'll be for the end of the season. We'll draw that one, but we'll be selling raffle tickets um, for the game. So, yeah. Also, uh, David Squires, we had him on the show last year. He has a new bu- new book coming out, uh, the second edition, uh, The Illustrated History of Football. This one's called The Hall of Fame. I've read the first one uh, probably two or three times now. It's absolutely brilliant. It'd be, really good to, good. It'd be good to get him back on, yeah, have we'll, a chat about we'll have it. To have a chat to him, yeah. He's a Sydney fan, unfortunately, but um, <laughs> yeah, real nice guy, brilliant sense of humour, just amazing cartoons every week in The Guardian. So get his book, Hall of Fame. It's uh, coming out in November, mid-November. And Truissi mentioned us during the week. It was very nice of him to mention us. Yeah, he said, I'd rather, I wouldn't go to Central Coast Mariners or Newcastle. No disrespect, though. No, no disrespect. Yeah, he started with uh, no disrespect, but I wouldn't go to Central Coast or Newcastle. Well, no disrespect. All right. He's a mental giant, isn't he? It's literally, he, it's literally like the I'm not racist, but. He is mine. the walking definition of a muppet. Knob. Hmm. He's just, he's a moron. I, I don't get why you would say that when three months ago he was in Israel holding up a scarf of a club he was about to join. Yeah. That's not yeah, a big cool. club. That's not very, he went on basically a, a world, world tour. Worldwide, <laughs> yeah. Worldwide search for a club like we did for a coach. What is this like? For Wormsley. We'll make sure we clarify that. Thanks for scoring the winner in the Asian Cup final, but it's time to go away. Yeah. I was really happy when that goal deflected off him on the weekend for <laughs> Melbourne City to win. Suck shit, you bald-headed prick. Just got to have a think before you open your mouth, eh? Yeah, he's going bald as well. He's got a massive Devon patch. Needs to shave it. <laughs> Needs to accept it. Accept his shit. Accept his he's, he's only like 28 as well, so yeah. he's going bald, like, bald young. Yeah, accept he's overrated. Deal with it. <laughs> Just quietly, we wouldn't be fans of his clubs either. No, well, we wouldn't yeah. want him here, would we? Exactly. Yeah. Jerk. Why would anyway. we need him? Uh, the Cahill, oh, well, I suppose last week we recorded just before the Socceroos match. Uh, we predicted a Dow, Dow match. But, um, I swear I predicted a 2-1 or a 2-0. No, you said a thrashing. Oh, well, it was a Tim Cahill thrashing. Yeah, anyway. <laughs> Did you see um, SBS? Was it SBS or the World Game put up like a... A tweet after straight after the game saying Socceroos thrash Syria yeah. two one. Yeah, it's like saw what? That. <laughs> <laughs> Praise the goalpost. That's all I can say. Oh, my heart was in my throat when that ball hit the post. Yeah. I thought that was going in. Um, Tim Cahill celebrating the giant T. You reckon oh. he's in trouble? No, I don't think I, he's in trouble. I, I think, think he's just off. a bloody. I think he's just a massive wanker. I when he first came back and then he was doing a few things that were getting people offside, I was like, oh, you're a bit of a knob. But then he constantly saves us. Constantly. So he, he still delivers on the pitch, yeah. but I still, he's just he's still a knob. I've just like I've him. just learned to accept he's going to do shit like that and be like, well, whatever. As long as you keep <laughs> delivering on the pitch, I don't care what as you do. As, you, as long as, long as your, your forehead keeps scoring goals for us, then yeah. fine. After last Tuesday night, I was of the opinion that he is the greatest... Because like, I used to think Viduka Kiel, probably you know one of the greatest soccerers of all time, and then Cahill was in that second tier. But yeah. after Tuesday night, I've sort of put him right up there. I think he's, he's first for longevity, yeah. but I don't think he, he's scoring. the greatest ever. I think he's definitely up there, but I think he's the greatest ever. I don't think he's the best player, I'd per put, se. Would you still put Kiel and Viduka above him? As better players, yeah. yeah. But Technicians. I, I think... Cahill's the best ever purely because of the moments that he's... What he's done for... And what he's, what yeah. he's done in... And the goals. Yeah, it's the pure what impact. He's done, yeah, what he's done in the times that we need him. Like, when you think back 
like he's what's been more than more than ten years now, like when he scored against Japan, and then all the goals that he's scored since then that have been so important. I think that's why he's the best. Yeah, I agree. I don't think he will get in trouble for the tea celebration. All he needs to do is say that he was spelling out Timmy anyway. So no, for now, it. he's bigger than the game. Well, you got to you got to give him some more money because he needs it for <laughs> sponsorships. <laughs> I've seen players that have been sponsored when they when they score a goal, they'll deliberately run to a billboard. Uh, one of those fences and celebrate in front of that board. Do you remember a few years ago when um, was it Bentner scored for Denmark in a in a World Cup qualifier and he had Paddy Power undies on and he showed the camera. <laughs> it had Paddy Power on his undies and he was showing the camera, so it was obvious well, who yeah. who we bet who we bets with. Yes, yeah, so it's not the first time, not the last time it's going to happen. Anyway, under reviews, we're going to do our game first. Uh, two all draw down at Spotless or Soulless Stadium, I should say. Definitely Soulless. Soulless. Sol- Solus and they put the away fans in a cage. And the yeah. home fans don't turn up. <laughs> we were on scaffolding for anyone that hasn't been there. The and away bay is literally scaffolding. Yep. They got... And if you get enough people on there, if you keep jumping, it'll probably collapse. Yeah. George from Bloody Blacktown built our away bay. <laughs> um, is that the yeah. beard guy? Yeah. Oh, he took a photo of us, didn't he? I know, he? he did. I was about to mention that That anyway. beard was glorious. Um... I think this went better than what I thought it was going to. Should have won. I, I honestly, I didn't think we'd bounce back like that. That's I confident. felt we, sh- I <laughs> felt we showed enough in the first week to 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 think that we could improve and and put ourselves where we were. In fact, I thought we were unlucky not to get more out of this. But we during the game there were still moments where we showed that we were a little bit frail in certain. Uh, areas and uh, Western Sydney tried to exploit that and failed um, and the difference really was that last week uh, everything that Newcastle touched turned to gold this it's week. the long ball the lo- we look very vulnerable when teams play long ball against us because all it, all it takes is a one player to be onside and ball played through and they're straight through yeah but it's got to be a quality ball yeah. and uh, they weren't able to play that 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 level of quality ball and so Western Sydney really didn't uh, come good with the threat. They showed the threat that they could get in behind our outside uh, backs but um, the threat didn't really come off. They were definitely a threat on the wings and because last week they played really well so I thought we were in for a pretty tough game but they didn't play anywhere near as good as they did in round one. I think because we we took a risk and played a really high line as well and that sort of screwed them up a little bit. I mean we were probably lucky that they made their runs when they did and they got caught offside when they did because... Even when they weren't. They were, yeah. lo- there were a lot of offsides, <laughs> eh? Yeah, because we were found out our... back. We all sort of noticed probably Rosie was sort of caught in the middle of nowhere a number yeah. of times, we thought, and guys were getting in behind him and it was just lucky that the back four did keep their line. And he and was getting no help. He was getting no help from Payne defensively, to be no, honest, as well. I think Payne, Payne had... a bit of an off night, which probably showed with the one-on-one that he should have scored, and if he scores that, we're up 2-0. A bit. And it's it's a completely, completely different game. Completely off night. <laughs> Golic didn't have the best start, but then came into the Golic game. Golic was good. Yeah. His, just, his distribution still needs a bit of work, but he started to pick up for I like his, Rosie's absence. I like his ball from, you know, when he's in the middle of defence and he just puts a straight ball straight into the attack. Straight into an attacker, I think that's a that's definitely a good thing yeah. to yeah. focus on. There was Barrow saved our skin a couple of times. Yeah. So did Golic. There was a few times where Golic played that straight ball and it worked really well, but then he tries to be Patrick Swansvike and do that long switch and it doesn't come off. So yeah, the just, ball's out to Rue on the wing. Yeah, just, yeah keep, don't work keep for going some with reason. that straight ball, I reckon. It's but we did, we did look like we had learned that we, if we're going to play that kind of high line, then we've got to put pressure on the ball carrier at the mm. right times. Mm. And it did look to me like we were better at that and we knew that we had to be better at that. So the timing well, of those would have balls... Had a better we've view got a, than us. I did have a better view than you because yeah. I wasn't sitting in a cage in the next yeah. postcode. <laughs> <laughs> I was uh, away on my end-of-season trip, at least until almost match time. So, um, so how did it look I from dogged you again. Had it look from the side. It yeah. looked like we had we knew what we had to do. We knew we had to put pressure on those players who were about to play those balls, and that it was that players were in offside positions and that they didn't quite get the right ball. But it was also that the balls that were played, the timing of those balls was affected by how much pressure we put on the ball, and that makes a big difference. Yeah. To, that's I think that's why there are a lot of offsides. Yeah. Um, it still at times looked a bit scary. No doubt about it, but um, I thought we pressured the ball at the right times and made it harder for them than, than Newcastle yeah, agreed. had. Agreed. I think timing of the press is really important to not get caught out, and I think we did that pretty well. We were pressing at the right times and sort of 
staying off it at, at different times and I think that was definitely a, a good thing that happened. Who were the two yellows? The first yellow, yes, definite. He had his uh, studs up. yellow was just stupid. Second yellow off that free kick. The ball comes back out. He gets his elbow up in the back of the head. I just, it's just such we a all just stood there and shook our head. I couldn't do. believe it. Like it's what, the 87th minute? The game's locked up. It was the 80th, up. I think, wasn't it? Oh, we still don't know if the 80th, yeah. yeah. But it was just a stupid challenge. He didn't need to do that. He could have just allowed the header and he could have stayed on and maybe we could have got something out of it if he was still on, but yeah, it was just a stupid thing to do. We yeah. defended quite well for the last 10, 15 minutes, um, yeah. down to 10 players. Uh, the fitness is there this year. You yeah. can tell like we put in for the whole match and it really did show. Yeah, but well, he, needs, I, he needs to learn from that and he needs to learn yeah. quickly because we've lost a game. We've, we've missed him for a game against Newcastle because of his suspension at a previous club. His first game with us, he hasn't managed to get through the 90 minutes before he's now on another suspension and two yellow cards um, already this season. He's going to get to five very quickly if he continues with that kind of play. So at this point, he needs to understand that how important he is to the team and, and uh, discipline himself a little bit more. So I think he just t- he, he gets frustrated when he loses the ball and he just lashes out at the player he's lost the ball to. And that's just how you accumulate yellow cards and get suspensions. It does, does seem to be that way, and he, he really needs to. Like he must be trying, or must be keen, has to be keen to try and endear himself to our fans. But he won't do it by doing that. I think he did did that pretty well with the pass to De Silva for the goal, though. Exactly. To be fair to him. It's yeah. super. And to be honest, his combination for a lot of the game with De Silva was an, a real eye-catching feature, as we'll talk about in the interview with Danny. But, but yeah, he cannot be ill-disciplined like that. It's just un- unacceptable. That's really, the frustrating thing level. about him, because there is a good footballer there, but it, it's his attitude that needs to... You know, you're not playing at the Jets anymore. Get rid of the shitty attitude. And hopefully, Paolo... You know, you don't need to blast him. You don't need to punish him. But hopefully he sort of pulled him aside and said, look, you can't be doing that. Because that easily could have probably cost us a point. Easily. Two points. Two points. Yeah. Easily. But well, it did um, cost us two points, right? Yeah. But that goal that we scored, that the silver one, I mean, that's what he is really capable of and that's what mm-hmm. we're capable of. I mean, I th- there's no way that I thought... He would make that run to silver. Oh, that was about like a, a 90, eighty-five 90 meter, meter run. run yeah, like at full blown, straight into the box, and the ball was credit to perfect. the pass. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but the first goal with Danjetovic that was um, decent comedy. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> sort of great. like it's sort of like bounced in front of him. Like a, it took a weird. Was it? I think maybe it took a deflection or something, and it just bounced well, that was in front Hull of again. him. That yeah. was Hull again because I think Storm um, was. Fed out wide for maybe the third time in the match when he could have easily been put in about another hundred times and he was getting incredibly frustrated because Hill kept on ignoring him. But the one time that he actually gave him the ball, Hill ended up back in the box and I think he scuffed it a bit. But I don't know what Yenjetovic was doing. He went full Izzo and just (laughs) dropped the ball straight in front of Ajdabal. But that's what we need Ajdabal to do. We need him to be in those spots to pick up the pieces and to be... you know, with like a little bit of a poacher. That was yeah. a real striker's Seagull. goal. Real yeah. striker's goal, that. Yeah. yeah. And Just he's always aware. Quickly endearing himself to us with that kind of play because he is in the right spot at the right time. The best strikers are the ones who sneak the ball over the line with minimal fuss, and he's yeah. done that twice in two games. And to score to score in his first two games is definitely promising. Yeah. Good so, for his confidence yeah. as well. Yeah. Going back to Rue, he was not happy to come off the field. He was. I, I thought Rue was very, very good. Was making a lot of great overlapping runs, but he just wasn't getting service, and he should have got way more service. Now, Paolo has said that it was due to cramp. Yeah, um, we're gonna have to take his word for that. But Rue looked absolutely pissed to be coming off. He was fuming. Yeah, I don't, uh, was, know, I don't was, know if it showed on TV. I think, or was, I think he did. was fuming with the game as well that he wasn't getting the ball as much as he probably wanted. Yeah. I'm a believer, though, that if a player comes off and is happy to do so, he probably shouldn't have been out there. And uh, I think probably Storm fits into well, that. I think it's, it's definitely a good. Yeah. I, I think it's definitely a good sign that he's pissed off because he wants to be yeah. out there and play out the ninety. Yeah, but I wouldn't be surprised if he was cramping, and I would be thinking that our fitness and uh, um, strength and conditioning people should be. I think, you know, monitoring I think that, that was kind of stuff. that was a good point, Jimmy, about fitness. It looked like we were fully committed. And we didn't look like we'd lost pace by the 70th, 75th, 80th minute. We looked on for the whole game, which is definitely a good sign. So was it a pen? 
I didn't think so at first, but on replay, I think it's probably a fair decision to yeah, give Yeah, I've it seen him give him five, so, so soft. I think it's probably the most obvious pen I've ever seen. It's soft, but it's a it's a pen. It's as soon so as you go into soft. someone's it was back a, in the yeah. box, it was a bad it was a bad thing for Brummer to do because contact, you, contact. those those yeah. sort of situations are always given. No, nah. contact is not contact. In, Players in come in contact on the pitch all the time, and no free kick is yeah, given. Yeah, but not. He's getting angry. Not, oh, not I hate that theory. That he should have just left. He should have just left. Eyes. Alone. He, he's eyes. alone. He's getting it's angry. Flared up. His That's nostrils. That's because I'm wearing these old man glasses. Hackles are up. <laughs> no, I just dislike that particular. Um, no, so do I. Don't get me wrong, but players will milk contact. If it was, if there's contact, agree. Yeah, if the shoe was agree. on the other foot, then we'd all be saying that it was a clear pen. That's I, in my opinion. I'd still be feeling it was a soft. I might be saying it was a clear pen, but mm-hmm. I'd know in my heart it was soft as because it was soft. Yeah, so I, it was I a agree pen, with that. Yeah, no yeah. doubt about it. But it was yeah. soft. He's a hundred percent done a hacho. The, yeah. fall, the fall over Felt for foul. the contact, yeah. but as soon as you go into someone's back, anywhere on the pitch, it's going to be a pen, free kick, whatever. It was just, it was un, un, it was unfortunate because he wasn't really going anywhere either. What have you thought so, of Brammer? I thought, I think Brammer's been good, but I've definitely expected more. But the more that he plays, I reckon the better he'll get. Whereas I think Harare has been just the I be- love the way our best player. Harare, Harare. Close enough. I think, He's been our best player by I far. I think Brummer's probably been overshadowed by Hiadio. Yeah. To be fair, he, t- he came the later. the pronunciation. <laughs> <laughs> Got him. He came later, so he has he may not be at peak yeah. fitness as much as Whereas Hiadio Tom's is. been here. He's been here since the beginning. So you're right, though. I'm, I'm, but I'm still expecting more improvement from him, as I am expecting improvement from all of them, to be honest. After two games, I, I think Tom probably has more to deliver, probably Val has more to deliver, and Danny... He's on an incline that we like to see. He was super impressive on the weekend. Yeah. I mean, he's only 20 years old, and when he's on the ball, you can see that he's a step ahead of everyone. He's been around for so long, and it's crazy to think he's still only, he's only 20. Yeah. And he'll play it down, but he was getting an absolute shellacking from her. He was getting hacked. Like, yeah. I was watching a situation where the ball went out over the sideline, and and I think Herd had uh, tackled him in an average challenge. It might have even been a free kick. And as uh, as that play broke down and De Silva w- went back to his position, then Heard chose to put the shoulder on him off the ball at mm. that moment. Heard was being a dick. And De Silva just didn't even look at him. It just kept yeah. going and kept going. And I, I admire that because he, they were clearly... That's definitely a sign of maturity from a young player, for yeah. sure, to not react in a negative way to being hacked. Yeah. The best part was when he outsprinted him for the 90 metres for the yeah. goal and Heard couldn't... He showed great, him, great pace to score that goal, to get in that position to score as well. Yeah. I mean, and it's unfortunate for their second goal too with Glover. I think I, th- I think that that came down to communication. Every keeper goes. Anything. I reckon every keeper goes for that ball though. Yeah. But he has to either clear it or take it. You can't. Yeah. There's no in between. If he let it go, I think Storm would have had it covered and it would have been cleared away. Yeah. Although been... he fell over and our guys were falling over oh, the true, whole yeah. game, weren't they? Everyone it was, was a slippery slip and pitch. Slide. Yeah, we need to investigate the grassland. <laughs> <laughs> and it only rained for like two minutes of the game, like in the second. Oh, was it the first or second half? Or it sort of sprinkled a bit, but that was it. Like at the start of the second half. But it was such a like there was heaps of players slipping over, so it was obvious, obviously the pitch had been. Like there's been sprinklers on the pitch before, so yeah, yeah it, was, it was unfortunate that it came down to another really us gifting another team a goal to cost us three points. That's what's sort of frustrating, but it, it's still there's still know, good signs. Super duper early, draw away. I'll take it. Yeah, and I mean, handball. I think it, before yeah. the game, before oh. the game, we all have taken a point. Yeah. What was what was your question? Sorry, handball. Any handballs in the game, boys? I thought there, there were a few. Two. There were a few shouts, but I thought I think there were two. They would have been harsh to give them, I think. They would have been soft, is that what you're saying? <laughs> like the two pens we've had against us the last week? Like if I look for it, I'll find that there was a game where the Barrow versus O'Donovan incident was repeated on the edge of the box in one of the later games and didn't go the way that you might expect. As, you, as you'll hear in the interview uh, later, Danny has a few thoughts on, on that with the, the soft pens against us, <laughs> in, according to Aaron. Yeah, I, 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 don't, I don't understand what the VARs there for. It's Neither there, do Wellington. It's there to benefit Sydney FC. Yeah, it's there for FC. I don't understand when it's supposed to be used or when it's not supposed to be used, and then it gets used. Like, what about when we had the corner, or the Wanderers had the corner? No, no we had we, the corner. Yeah, we had the corner. The ref oh. stops play 
two times for whatever reason, which I hate when they do that because they should just let it play. Big goal got if, pushed over. Yeah. If Well, if he did, then it should be our penalty. That's all it should come down to. Let it play, and if there's a free kick either way in the build-up, then blow it. You don't need to stop it and then retake the corner. But it's not how it works. But do you blow for a penalty when the player's on the ground, like get pushed over before the kick or after the kick? Before. If... He's being yeah. If he's if if he's being pushed and shoved, I've seen those in the lead up I've to the corner. Plenty of them given. The kick. Yeah, yeah. It I've should, plenty it of them should be a penalty or a free kick for whoever needs it. It's and it's because yeah. and it's because Golik is like our only tall player. Like we have a really small side. Like a lot of our midfield are five foot eight, five foot nine. Yeah. Golik's what six four, and Barrow looks really small next to Golik. Yeah. In in the centre back position, so. I think that's why teams are sort of marking Golic really tightly because they know he's a threat from set pieces with his height. Yeah, and then but he stops the corner twice and then all of a sudden the VAR comes up on the screen. And then we waste another 30 seconds of them looking at the VAR for what? Macca's advertising. Exactly. Yep. And it was happening in the, the other games as well. It's all for the sponsorship. Well. It's just bullshit. Wellington scored a goal and we waited for 30 seconds plus on the halfway line while the referee had a chat to the VAR. And while they're doing yes, this... Yes, check off side and handball. Yeah, while they're doing this, then there's nothing doing. We're all just sitting there looking at a referee thinking, can we get on with the game here? We paid for this. Even if it is on television, we've still paid for it. So... Yeah, I, I, I can't stand the delays in the game. I'm okay with the VAR as long as there are no more mistakes, but Wellington know that the VAR can't help all situations. Yeah, well, we'll get to that in a second. You all happy with that? Done? Yeah. Yep. Good result. Cool. Good stuff. Harare is a gun. More improvement. I can't say his name properly, but he's a gun. <laughs> Friday night, oh, we'll make sure this is nice and quick for listeners. Friday, Brisbane 1, Adelaide 2. Last two, last couple of minute goals Brisbane, against Brisbane. Brisbane bottled it. Adelaide came back and won the game. Brisbane are old. Who would have thought an ageing team would have petered out after? What was, what was Luke's tweet? What was you stole my tweet. tweet after it? You stole my tweet. I've stolen. I've stolen so many <laughs> tweets. Uh, ninety minutes, ninety emotions. In the eighty seventh minute, when they scored the equaliser, and I tipped the draw, I was all over it. But then, no, it's good. <laughs> Brisbane have left for the day. I, I tipped Adelaide, yeah. so I sort of. I I def, I have to admit, I fist pumped the second goal. Aloisi will be sacked. Absalonson Abs- is a, is a gun as two. So I've heard Adelaide's he's going to Adelaide City. He'll be he'll be sacked first. Him and Ross will go, and they've already they sacked their managing director yesterday. Speaking of Ross, of the blue. big problems. Speaking of Ross, what a wanker! Like, he yeah, doesn't we know. shut up on the sideline, does he? He's an idiot. Yeah. Anyway, uh, following our game was Melbourne victory. Melbourne City City winning that two one. I'll tell you what, I reckon Musket has got victory playing as the dirtiest team in the whole league. Easily. Well, that's not a surprise from coming from him, is it? No. Even after getting rid of Daniel Georgievsky. Yeah, we'll get to that as well. Sanchez, he came on. His first four involvements were all fouls. <laughs> One of them, he kicked Cahill from behind, then jumped over Cahill to tread onto his ankles. I think Musket's instructions were just hack every player you can. It's just... Yeah. It's a derby. I don't know how they get away with it. They easily could have ended that game with nine men. Like I don't know how Reese Williams or Broxham didn't get straight reds for their challenges. Reese Williams doesn't I mean, know. Reese Williams is one on Malik. Yep. And then he ended up having to go off. Nearly snapped his buddy's ankles in half. And then Broxham's one on Fitzgerald, I think it was. That was absolutely clean him up as well. They were both challenges where their legs like wrapped around the opponent's leg. I don't know how that's yeah, I don't know how that's not a red card. Oh the Williams one in particular for me was horrible. Yeah. Well Valeri did that one in the first fifteen Yeah. I mean, they're just grubs and it shows, and because I think they're getting frustrated because they're probably not, obviously they're not performing to they how don't they like think lo- they should be. They're sore, I reckon they're yeah, sore losers, they, they don't like losing. They're massively overrated and there's too many egos in that side. Playing now, strong is not playing dirty, and for them it is. Yeah. You know, Some of the other teams play strong football, and I don't have a problem with that. Herd was on the limit in our game, but um, yeah, you're right, that game was full of... Dirt. Yeah, and I mean, it goes to show when you rely on someone like Barisha for all your goals when he's not playing well, everything yeah. everything goes to shit because he's has been very quiet. Like missing Rojas, completely anonymous. Yeah. yeah, and they've got no goals anywhere else. Uh, Mitch Austin still can't cross. Just uh, give listeners an update. Nah. Should get off FIFA, go down the park. He's more well known for FIFA than he is for being a yeah, professional footballer. Honest, yeah. He did get a few tips about that on Twitter, though, didn't he? Yeah, a lot. He'll be a YouTuber <laughs> before he actually scores any more goals. 
Right, on to Sunday. Newcastle 2, Perth 2. Newcastle bottled a lead, so I was happy with that. I unfortunately tipped Newcastle, yeah, which same. I felt dirty about, but I was happy with the draw. <laughs> Me yeah. too. I yep. mean, Adam Taggart, he was on fire that whole game. The, the two goals he scored, scored two, two crack crack crackers. Yeah. Yep. I mean, he's some like... He's another one that if he had have stayed for another season or so when he was at Newcastle before some agent got in his ear about all this money that he could get overseas, he'd be probably in the Socceroos right now because he would have had two or three seasons of continuous games, scoring goals, but he's another one that goes overseas and then it doesn't work out and then his career gets put back. So hopefully for our sake, because we're short on strikers, as everyone knows, for Australia... Hopefully he keeps on killing it and he can get in that side, but just not this weekend. Just not this weekend. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely not this weekend. Yeah, that's going to be a massive danger for us. Mm. Um, yeah, Georgievsky, uh, you mentioned before. Oh, I can't got stand up. Two bloke. yellows within what uh, two minutes, if that. Yeah, he was a grub in our game in round one, and then he was a grub again. He's so easy to hate, which is good. That's why I thought it was good. Him yeah, ex- go to Newcastle. Ex victory player, taking the musket with him. So anyway. Uh, final game, Sydney 3, Wellington 2. Wellington should feel hard done by here. Yeah. That, yeah. Maybe that. they're not going to get the spoon. I think it's going to be Brisbane. They are better than I thought. I picked them for the spoon as well. And, they, yeah, I think Brisbane are running them off for it. I think the easiest tip of the weekend was definitely Sydney winning. But the way in which Wellington challenged them, I wasn't expecting that. No, I mean, when Sydney went 2-0 up, I thought, are oh, they going to absolutely get annihilated here, Wellington? Because they don't have a good record in Sydney or in Melbourne. Um, but they definitely come back good. I mean, I Vitis- think... Vitisic has been good. Yeah, I think everybody's probably undersold the fact that they've got Vitisic and they've got Finkler to come back as well. He didn't play on the weekend. So, you know, they've got Roy Krishna. They've got a fair bit of um, attacking weapons that'll definitely be a threat. It's just probably their defence. It's still mm. dodgy. I mean, they've still got the Andrew Durante in there who feels like he's been around for six million years. <laughs> and they've got... Basically, the kid from uh, Toy Story and Goals. <laughs> oh yeah, he looks at, he looks about thirteen, doesn't he? That know, kid in Goals. Weird. It's weird. He's not doing too bad. He's not doing too bad. But the I mean, Toy Story reference is very good. Yeah, they need to fix up their <laughs> they need to fix up their backs and their defensive part of their game if they're going to probably not win the spoon. It's a bit similar to us, isn't it? Like the attack and midfield looks decent, but then the, the defense is just something they need to fix up. Yeah. So some shit refereeing probably cost Wellington a couple of points there. Yeah, that, yeah, that, that, that offside. offside. Well, oh. And that's where the VAR can't help. But And that's where it should help, though, isn't mm. it? Because even if you if you look at the cut in the grass, it was so obvious that he was onside. I don't know how the lino's done that. Well, it was about three three steps onside. At no, least. say about a metre yeah. and a half. And, I mean, if, if it's that close, you should just let it play, see what happens, and then... Go back and check it. Because Watson was in the middle unmarked and probably would have scored. Yeah, exactly. So I think I ha- I hate doing the Sydney conspiracy theories, but something else that goes their way, of course. Surprise. Of course. Anyway, Bye on, bye was to, quality. on to Daniel De Silva. All right, we're back with number 10, Daniel De Silva. How are you, mate? I'm very well, thank you. How are you guys? We're pretty good. Um, first good. question, do you keep your sauce in the cupboard or the fridge? Oh, this is a... this. I actually don't have a preferred one, to be honest. It just is... I think if it's hot, then I put it in the fridge. But if it's like a normal day, then it's like... If it's normal temperature, then I just put it in the cupboard. Not bad. That's the first in the on middle. the fence. On we've on had the the fence. Fence. Mm. He's thought about this one. Yeah. I like it. Can't say it doesn't make sense, though. Intelligent footballer. <laughs> <laughs> now, this is a very yeah. contentious one. Um, everyone's answers answered this, including, including Paolo. So you need to make sure this answer is 100% correct, all right? Okay. Do you scrunch or fold? I fold. Yes! 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 Remember, remember what Paolo <laughs> I don't, said? I don't, Remember what Paolo what said? Um, if he if he didn't fold, his, his mum would strangle him or something. Yes, exactly. his mum would be unhappy with him. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Good oh, answer. I actually don't know anyone that scrunches. Um, oh, there's a there's a few in there. Oh, is is there a few? Yeah. yeah. One of one of one of the podcast panel that is not me is a scruncher. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think Connor Payne might be a scruncher. Yeah. Do we remember right, okay. where the Mike Charlesworth was? When he understood he, the question, he finally? didn't want to answer it. Oh. I, yeah. I love how all the Aussies get the question, but if you're like a foreigner, an international, they don't know what it means. They so you have to explain yeah. it. <laughs> all right, moving uh, on to something sorry. a bit more serious. Um, so you've come yeah. to a club with uh, big expectations, especially for a 20-year-old. But uh, judging on your performances so far, you seem to be dealing with the right. Uh, how do you deal with the pressure um, from everyone, including Paolo? Do you, do you just ignore uh, it or do you, you know, thrive on it? Ah, uh, yeah, look, like for me, I think there's like not really pressure. I mean, uh, you know, I, I feel like I'm in a very good team, like, uh, and under a very good coach as well. So, like, I'm just able to express myself as a player and play my normal game. And, you know, I think, uh, yeah, when I am in, enjoying my football, which I am at the moment, then I'm not really like stressed out about pressure or anything like that because, you know, I think I, I believe in the team and I believe in like myself as well. So, yeah, look, I believe in the coach. I believe in everybody. So it's not really stress for me or like pressure. It's just, uh, it's just football at the end of the day. You know, it's a big sport, a big game, of course. But, um, I think if you just yeah, let the pressure get to you too much and stuff, then yeah, I think I would not enjoy playing football anymore. And, uh, so yeah, that's what I feel. <laughs> So, yeah. so when you're in Europe, uh, Danny, then it, it, it uh, wasn't uh, perfect for you. We understand you suffered a bit with the groin injury, osteitis pubis. Um, we seem to have found out, and uh, I've actually suffered that myself and found how debilitating and confidence sapping it is. Yeah, right. What kind of rehab did you um, need to do to get yourself right to to be in the super position that you seem to be fitness-wise right now? For me, it was a lot about core strength work, but I imagine that since yeah. that was a fair while ago then then it's probably changed how, how did that work for you ah uh, no to be honest it's it's uh, exactly still the same uh for me i had it kind of severely because i didn't have the the right treatment when i first got it um which was unfortunate but so i just had to have some time where i just completely rested and just let the inflammation go down and stuff and then um yeah then just slowly build up my strength again in my groins and in my uh, lower abs and my abs and like yeah like you said all the core strength and stuff and um yeah i went to melbourne for a three-week camp a training camp specifically like focusing on that um those aspects of my body and uh yeah and then like with the ball as well training and stuff like that so that i could get back so that when it was time to join the mariners you know i was like 100 percent ready to go and then um yeah when i joined the mariners they were on board they knew everything what I'd been through and stuff um and yeah look they're really great here as well they really helped me to to stay on top of it as well and of course um I have to do it as well personally behind the scenes as well so because I obviously don't want to get injured again um but yeah look it's it's really good I'm all good now and I feel good and that's the main thing so your combination uh with Andrew Hill on the weekend was pretty eye-catching to say the least and probably looms is one that's going to be pretty important for us um you guys have got a little bit of history together with the young socceroos etc can you tell us a little bit about your history with him and how important you think your combination with him will be for the rest of the season uh yeah for sure I think um we oh I've only played with him in the young socceroos and now obviously at the Mariners as well um but the funny thing is he he was the one as well in the World Cup, in the Young Soccer World Cup, that passed me the ball to score in the Under-20 World Cup. So <laughs> hopefully we'll be able to keep linking up like this um, throughout the season. And for sure, yeah, he's a good footballer as well. And I, I like playing with him. Uh, I think we link up well. And, you know, I think as the, yeah, as the season goes on and we get more familiar with each other playing uh, each week and things like that, then, yeah, hopefully we can just become more dangerous for the team. Uh, we understand you've had some family move to the coast with you. How important has that been for you in settling into the coast and with the Mariners? Yeah, oh, so important. I think family is so important. Like uh, they've come with me like everywhere I've gone. To be honest, um, make it so much easier for me to like settle in. And you know, I, I come home and there's always like my mom's great. She always makes a home cooked meal. I think that for me that was something that I would struggle with if I lived by myself. It's like I'd probably have the most repetitive dinner in the history of football <laughs> if I lived by myself. But um, yeah, no, it's quality. You know, it's great to have the support, and um, you know, it's really great to have some company around as well. Sometimes. What is your signature dish when you're cooking? 
when I'm cooking. Yeah. Uh, I I really like Italian food, so like I uh, I can make like a good like penne uh, bolognese or spaghetti bolognese, whichever pasta you prefer. Um, and yeah, like that's probably I would say my signature dish. It's not so hard to make. It's pretty easy. It's pretty quick. I mean, it's only like two ingredients, <laughs> so like yeah, it's pretty good. But uh, yeah, that's probably my best dish. It's got my toast beaten. <laughs> um, yeah. Can you tell us a little bit about your younger brother, Rhett? Because as far as I can understand, he was in Perth and then he followed you overseas. And then he came back and he was playing with our academy side. Does he just like sort of like being around you, or does he oh, hang no, around a lot? Uh, <laughs> no, 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 yeah, no. He's uh, well, he's my best friend, I guess. Uh, he always comes wherever we go and stuff, and he, he gets uh, makes a name for himself. You know, tries to do that. Um, very different player to what I am. He's a right back, so he just absolutely nails everyone. So, so, but uh, yeah, look, it's good. He's a really great player, and um, yeah, when I went to Europe, he came and he had an opportunity there as well to play in the academy at at uh, Rhoda. And then um, yeah, he came a bit later from than me when I came to the Mariners, but uh, still, it was good for him to be able to play uh, in the Mariners uh, in the NPL side for the remainder of the season. And and um, and yeah, now the season's over, so he will, he will explore his options, and um, yeah, he will take it from there. But you know, I think he has a lot of great potential as well, and hopefully, he'll be able to make a great career for himself as well. So you mentioned one of your former clubs there, Rhoda. Um, after some visa problems preventing you from signing with EPL Giants Everton, I don't know why they're Giants, but someone's written that question. Um, you played your first A League football club for Perth, uh, showing great potential there. Uh, then you you sort of signed with Roma and then on to Rhoda. Uh, that's all been discussed. Can you walk us through sort of how that planned out? Because it might be a bit confusing to some listeners. Uh, yeah, like, uh, so I was going to sign at Everton when I was really young, like when I was like 13, 14, I was going to sign there. Um, but yeah, obviously I couldn't get the, the English visa or passport or anything like that, so... Um, yeah, that fell through, I guess. But I guess in a way it was a bit of a silver lining because then I ended up signing for Roma, which is um, yeah, which is also a big team. Um, so yeah, you know, I was really happy about that. And then yeah, just from there, I guess uh, I just went on. They gave me an opportunity to go on loan to Rhoda, and then um, yeah, I played a season and a half there, and then I I got a bit of an injury, so well, I got my osteitis pubis. Um, yeah, which was a shame. Uh, so then I just made the decision where, you know, I couldn't really get the the help and the medical staff and stuff what I needed there, and I knew I could get it back in Australia. So I decided to return to Australia so that I could uh, play again proper football and be under good like medical um, medical supervision for it and things like that, and also play in a good team. And you know, I knew Paolo was the coach of the Mariners and. Uh, you know, that opportunity came for me and, you know, I, I knew that if I was to return to Australia, then that was the team that I would go to for sure. So you've been around um, some fairly big clubs in uh, that time. Um, from a newcomer's perspective, what do you think of the training facilities at the Mariners COE and uh, and how does how's the feel among the group on the training pitch? Uh, yeah, look, I think in the A-League, if we're just talking, I mean, you cannot compare... Australian league when you talk about in the EPL or in the Serie A and things like that it is really another level but I think in the A league I think the Mariners to be honest they have one of the best facilities with compared to the other clubs in the sense that we have our own space you know we have like a good environment for just the Mariners like uh, the club the staff everybody just to work in whereas I know some other clubs they have to share it with like uh, other athletes and people just walking in and out of their change rooms and things like that and I think that's yeah it's quite unprofessional which is a shame but you know this is also the Australian way but for us I think you know the the feel at the club is, is good that we have our own spot um, and yeah it can get so hot I think the only bad thing is there's not really any shade <laughs> but yeah. like um, the sewage plant yeah, so, <laughs> just yeah, wait until it's the middle of the January wow, a little bit hot. smelly <laughs> but, 
<laughs> but yeah, look, I, I think everybody is really happy with with the setup that we have there, and you know, it gives us a good uh, environment to be able to work in and train hard and things like that. So we've we've had we played two games now. It was a, not a very good result against the Jets, but a pretty good result against the Wanderers, and I think. What fans have really noticed is the new defensive midfield pairing of uh, of Brummer and Harare. Um, how are you building those combinations going forward with them, and how do you, how important is their experience? Ah, uh, yeah, definitely. I think they are two very great players. Uh, they will be very key for us this season for sure. Um, and you know, for me as well personally, knowing that they're behind me, being able to feed the ball to me, or and also win the balls when the attackers and myself lose it. You know, I think that's really um, it's a good thing for everyone in the team. Um, and yeah, I think just as as the season goes on, we will just get uh, we'll we'll gel better together, everyone. And um, yeah, you know, I think their experience as well from playing in Holland. Obviously, they've played at some big clubs in Holland, so um, for sure that's going to help us a lot this season in in big games that we need to uh, get a result. So um, yeah, look, I, I really enjoy playing with them. They're also great guys. And, uh, yeah, they will be key this season for us, for sure. I dare say that the Socceroos would probably be keeping tabs on how you're going. Um, and if your body permits, and obviously as as you continue to play more regular football, do you think about maybe getting selected for the World Cup if we qualify, or does that even cross your mind at the moment, or are you just worried about maybe getting a whole season under your belt? Uh, yeah, look, uh, I think like for any young footballer and especially when the World Cup's coming up, you want to obviously try put yourself in that shop window as much as you can. But, you know, for me, I think I, I obviously, of course, I would love to go to the World Cup. I'd be silly to say I don't want to go. Um, but, you know, I think I just need to work on performing well for the Mariners. And, you know, if uh, consistent good performances uh, give me an opportunity to be able to go to the Socceroos to play with them or to the World Cup or whatever opportunity may arise, then, you know, then I'll be, of course, so, so grateful for that. Um, but yeah, you know, I think the, the main focus is just to have good performances for the Mariners and, you know, be able to work hard for them and help, help to win, win games. And, uh, yeah, like I said, then if an opportunity comes from that, then of course I'll be so happy. <laughs> Well, it is, it is a possibility the Mariner has gone to the World Cup before. Um, Nigel Bugard went from season one. So, yeah, you, yeah right. you're in, yeah. So, yeah. so yeah, well, yeah, it's cool. I, I hope so. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> so who uh, would be your most annoying teammate around the dressing sheds and the uh, training <laughs> Danny? Holy. <laughs> <laughs> Best combination and most annoying. Him. I love him on the pitch, but off the pitch, oh, he can talk for sure. <laughs> but uh, no, nah, he's great. But he would be, yeah, if I had to pick somebody, then he would be the most annoying. <laughs> uh, we've, we've heard that a, a few players are pretty uh, good at table tennis. Who do you reckon is the best player uh, that plays table tennis? Uh, I haven't seen a lot of them, to be honest. Um, but uh, Tommy's pretty good. Um, Tommy Hirio is pretty good. Um, yeah, probably like from all the people that I've seen, he is, he is the best. Uh, I'm yet to verse him yet, so we'll see. But um, yeah, I think he's pretty good. What about FIFA? Uh, FIFA. I think... From I I've never played any of them at FIFA to be honest, but from what I've heard, the talk, the change room talk, I think um, Liam Rose is the best FIFA player. Yeah, he spent all That's night right. playing it at the uh, the preseason thing. <laughs> Yeah, the, the preseason launch. Guys yeah, I think that's, that, <laughs> <laughs> that's what I heard. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. I think it probably is probably the best. Uh, yeah. Looking forward, um, how are you feeling about travelling to Perth this weekend to take on your former club? Ah, uh, yeah, I'm really excited, to be honest. Um, obviously, the the club where I started my professional career, and obviously I have a lot of respect for like the club for giving me that opportunity. Um, but yeah, look, now I'm at the Mariners, and so for sure I hope that uh, we'll be able to go there and get the three points. Um, but yeah, of course I, I'm looking forward to going back to my hometown and you know being able to show what the Mariners can do now. I actually quite vividly remember you scoring a very very good goal against us. Jerk. 
yeah. <laughs> I think it was I think it was from near halfway, so another one like that on the weekend would be very nice, thank yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> and also uh Liam Reddy was in goals for the Mariners, yeah. right? now he's in goals for the glory. So <laughs> thank heavens for maybe that. it's yeah, the time. Right. Yeah. Friend to score against him, that's all good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, Danny, uh, I noticed uh, last weekend that uh, it was noticeable anyway that Chris Hurd and one or two others on the field wanted to give you a bit of a touch-up, a little bit off the ball at times. How much of a factor do you think that is uh, for you this year and uh, just take that in your stride, do you? Yeah, look, uh, I've always had that like throughout my whole career. Like People always want to kick me and stuff. I don't know. Like, yeah, it's whatever, I guess, is part of the game. But... Uh, yeah, look, I just have to take it in my stride, you know. Probably um, it's going to happen in in a career because of the type of player that I am. And, you know, I understand that. So, um, yeah, look, as, as long as I keep my cool and, like, keep my head, then I think it will be fine, you know, because at the end of the day, if they foul me, then they have more chance of getting sent off or a yellow card or whatever. So as long as they don't injure me, and I know as well my players, the players in in my team or in our team they will stick up for me because uh, that's the way we are with each other we have a good uh, environment and good camaraderie if I could say um, so yeah it, it, it's fine I guess it's just part of the game Did uh, you, do you remind Chris Hurd on the weekend after you scored that he was the one that was meant to be marking you when you made that 90 <laughs> metre run and you left him for dead I don't know why he was why, why he wanted to get me he's from Perth as well we're both Perth guys so I don't know but uh yeah, look, uh, that's all right. It was good that I could was able to run past him and then score the goal. So there's, I didn't have to go remind him. I just uh, unfortunately, if it was the winner, then it, the scoreline would have said uh, said it all. But uh, look, it, it, it is what it is. I'm happy that I scored the goal, and you know, um, yeah, that's that's important, I guess. Just going back to the game on the weekend, uh, we've had a, a loss and a draw in the first two games. What do you think we need to do a bit better to sort of push for those three points? Uh, look, I think we're like the team's definitely on the way. I think uh, if you watch, look at the perform. I think against Newcastle, we just really had an off day, to be honest, because it didn't really show like the team that we were and what we were like in preseason. But then when we played the Wanderers, you know, uh, that was more fast, and you know, we were really unfortunate to win that game because yeah, it was a bit of a soft penalty, and then the second mm-hmm. goal was a bit lucky as well. And uh, look, it's it was yeah I don't know it's just people sometimes who have something against the Mariners but it is what it is and um, you look I think it. we're working <laughs> yeah I know that's well. I'm starting to understand it now as well but um, yeah look I think we're working towards like good things and you know I think if we're more clinical in front of the goal and we finish our chances because the, the way we play we will always create chances to score for sure in every game um, then you know I think if we finish those chances, then yeah, we will win. We will win more games than we lose for sure. And if we just uh, don't concede like scrappy little goals, then as well we will we will um, be able to win more games than we lose. No so, worries. Yeah, we just work on these things. Yeah. yeah. Thank you for joining us this week. Appreciate cool, it. Cool. Yeah. Thanks very much. It's been a Thanks, pleasure. Danny. Good luck with the rest of the Cheers, season, Danny. It's a good start. Hopefully, it's a good things to come. Mm-hmm. Cheers. Thanks very much, mate. Love you. All right, on to previews. Adelaide at home against Melbourne Victory. Ooh. Adelaide. 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 Adelaide, for sure. Victory have been down and Adelaide are going all right. Adelaide Oval, too. Scenes if Victory lose their first three games. I hate that. I hate that it's at Adelaide Oval. Yeah, it's a cricket pitch. It's rubbish. If it was at Cooper's, Cooper's just has a way better atmosphere and it's a football ground. Yeah, it's a boutique stadium. Play it at Cooper's, fill it up. Don't play it at What's Cooper's capacity? Like 18,000? Not even, like 16 or something. Something like that. Yeah. Is it worth to go to Adelaide Oval for an extra, I don't know, 10,000? I don't reckon they'll get that. No. 25, about 20, 25. Well, judging by the crowds this season and how poor advertising's been, I reckon yeah. they'll be lucky to get that. They'll probably get like 17, 17 18. Yeah. yeah, just, yeah, might as well fill the stadium. Much like the Socceroos game against um, Syria the other day. We had 40 odd, didn't we? Rather than, yeah. Would you rather Allianz? Yeah, we should have gone to Allianz. Yeah, yeah. most yeah. definitely. Fill the stadium, get some atmosphere going. Anyway. 
City against Wellington. City. City. Although I think Wellington will definitely challenge them. I think, like last week, City will just be a, a little bit too good. Well, if Wellington play like they did last week, I think they could get pointy. Yeah, I'm going for the draw. I think Wellington seemed to be improving. Like, that first game at home, they were all right. They were pretty good against, you know, the reigning champions away from home. But I think they'll... They'll keep on getting better because I think the difference is with Wellington this season, they've got a smart coach as opposed to in recent times they probably haven't. Yeah, Ernie Merrick. Right, um, Sydney at home against West Sydney, the derby. Ooh, mm. I, I think Sydney will win. But... Shitney. But... Old, mate, cards? old mate's going to be out with a hamstring. Marquee. Oh, Mizzaevsky, whatever M- his name is. Mizzaevsky. Mizzaevsky. So that's going to be a huge loss for him, for them, because he's been on fire. Yeah, I think they've got enough quality to deal without him. Bobo, so Bobo, so Bobo is definitely quality. Like I was saying before, you cut me off during the reviews. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but Bobo just does his job. Bobo's up weird, front, doesn't stri- he? Scores goals, huh? Bobo's weird. Like, he doesn't look very athletic. He doesn't really look sort of all that dangerous but he manages to constantly score and constantly be in the right spots so he's obviously very smart it's all happening in his head yeah i'm gonna go sydney Sydney. instinct um yeah i'm gonna tip sydney i think i think uh it'll be a tight one until wanderers get a red maybe santa lab and then it'll be one-way traffic so santa lab getting a red card would be great uh brisbane at home against newcastle <laughs> we have to I don't. I don't, I don't want to. I don't want to tip Newcastle, so I'm going to say draw. Yeah, I'm going to tip this one in private. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm in the draw. I'm going to tip this in private too. Uh, <laughs> tip it purely together. because Brisbane are just crap, and they've got too much off-field stuff going on as well. I mean, that thing yesterday when they sacked the managing director, he said he, he had to put his hand in his own pocket four times in the last eighteen months to pay the players and staff. Wow. Yeah, they've got no money. I mean, that's not fun. And the the new bloke they signed is on their way, but he's not going to be here for this game. Sounds like a club we used to know. Yeah, I know. Anyway, uh, yeah, I'm going to go Newcastle, unfortunately. Scum. All right, and the last game, Perth, CCM. I think it'll be a tough game. Always is a way to Perth. Yeah. But I'm, I'm quietly confident we could we can get a result. We have we a play well. decent record in Perth. We do. We, you know, we've had a few interesting games Not in the last few there. seasons, though. What that... That was the first game Wormsley's season, the one yeah. with Jux Fatty and that, and uh, when he looked like he didn't care and <laughs> all that weird stuff. When, uh, so Lewis, we've had some Lewis, interesting when times. Lewis Garcia I had got sent off. That, Luke. Yeah, I know. Garcia got sent off and then flies off to Hong Kong for a Liverpool Legends game. I'm yeah. never going to get over that. So. Good on him. <laughs> Screw him. Earning his money there. But now, Perth, I, I think Perth are probably going to go slightly better this season than what I had them for. I mean, Andy Keogh hasn't been great the first two games, but then they've got... Castro. Adam Taggart. Yeah. yeah. And they've got... Castro is Castro. the provider and Taggart's just up there up front scoring goals. Yeah. I mean, they, they do have a lot of injuries at the moment and that was where they looked vulnerable against the Jets on the weekend. Like They had young Jeremy Walker playing in the back line who hasn't played A-League for it's probably been like three or four years since he made his debut for Hart. And they, they just... They had Mitch Malia as well, who was all right, but... Again, another one that hasn't played much A League. So are they, are they just had a good game? Are too? they just injury replacements? Yeah, they are. So they, I think their injury list was like ridiculously long. It's about six or seven players, but a couple of them were only one weeks. So it's going to depend on whether they come back. Like if Andreu comes back, that's going to be big for their midfield. They got Lowry. They got Alex Grant out injured, who are obviously in their back line. If they come back, that'll make a difference. But um, so injured Castro is what you're saying. Injure Castro, <laughs> kick Castro really hard. Uh, well, it was weird because in the first game, Castro looked like he didn't want to be there, but then on the weekend against the Jets, he was everywhere. We need we need Golic to so, kick the hell out of Taggart. Yeah, so it's going to be a big test for our midfield to keep him quiet. I think if we play any anywhere close to what we did against the Wanderers, I think we can definitely get get a result. And outside of those pair, Taggart and Castro, as far as I'm concerned, Perth have been pretty underwhelming all round. So mm. uh, especially, especially Andy Keogh. Yeah, yeah, he's been. Hasn't really looked interested, has he? Hasn't done anything. 
Yep, got a good ball out in the left wing during the Newcastle match and uh, just failed to even get a boot to it or yeah. maybe just got the tip of his boot to it as he saw it sail out and over the sideline and that's summed up his season so far. So hopefully he doesn't start firing. But yeah, underwhelming for me, so I'm tipping us. Just I mean, going, going back to Posco, I think Posco has been one of, the only, one of the few players that have sort of stood out. I think first round he was pretty good against the Wanderers. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, their centre-back pairing on the weekend was Posco and Neville. Yeah, so Neville's I mean, back. if you attack Neville, you're going to have um, some good times there, I think. But Posco, pretty sold as always on the weekend, so it's going to be, you know, interesting to see how he plays against us too. Because um, I don't know if he left in the best circumstances, so he's probably going to be, be pretty keen to uh, impress and to show why we probably should have done a bit more to hold on to him. I'm with Aaron on this one. I think we can win. Definitely, but no hool. Yeah, that's a that's that's a loss. So, do you give up here another go, or do you put in Budgie? They're, they're going to share the game, aren't they? So the yeah. question is, who starts? I must say, I'd have to go with Arpia. I like Trent as a impact sub, mm, just just run a tired defenders with his great pace. Exactly. Yeah, I'm going to go with Arpia. I think just because defensively, I think he does well. It's the going forward that's a little bit of a concern. I don't know if this game plan suits him all that much. Um, but defensively, I think he probably goes better than Budgie, who does well the last 15 minutes coming off the bench attacking, you know, tired defenders. I didn't think that QB was defending well in the game against Newcastle. In fact, it almost looked like in the game plan, Paolo didn't want him to have much of a defensive mm. role. Well, he works hard. I don't know if he does a lot. Yeah, impact. yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, it seemed to me that he didn't he help, help uh, Jake McGing out much on that side. And uh, normally, I have expected him to defend better than that. But it seemed like he'd been asked not to. But um, we'll see how that goes, I guess. Uh, um, just on the Posco thing, I, I'm, I wish the kid well. You know, if he yeah, so uh, on track record, he's got two more weeks before he'll be out for six with an injury. So I'm hoping that that does. Not, <laughs> I was I'm about to say they've got a massive injury list, and he's not on it. He's due to go on it. Exactly, very it's, it's not a joke. Yeah. I hope that the moving clubs and you know whatever it is, um, you know that he that he can succeed for himself. You know, I would have loved shame. to have seen what he would be here right now with our current fitness. Maybe yeah, because Older, yeah. because yeah, he just could. He he was super at times uh, when he was uh, in our side, but um, we couldn't keep him in our side. I don't think he played four more than four consecutive weeks the whole time he was here. Yeah, it's pretty frustrating. Anyway. I think no, there's it, Perth are going to be very dangerous. It's going to be on the counter where we're going to have to be careful again, mm-hmm. because that's where we looked worrying in the first two games, and obviously we got punished against the Jets, not as much against the Wanderers, so. It'll be interesting to see if he goes with the high line again or not to see if that pays off. Um, I don't think he will because Taggart's too quick. Yeah, he might go a bit more low risk this week, um, but it's going to be pretty interesting. But three points are definitely up for grabs against him, I think. All right, that's it for this week's show. Uh, Thank you to Sidelines. Thanks uh, to the Mariners for letting us use their boardroom or one of their meeting rooms. Uh, Thanks for listening. We appreciate it. We'll be back next week. Cheerio.